What's up, everyone? I'm Ron Carter, and I'm part of an underground movement of entrepreneurs who pride ourselves in giving value over making the sale. We put our message out to the world and let the people we can help come to us. We keep our nose to the grindstone because we know that every piece of content we publish is like a beacon of hope for the people we aim to serve. Unlike traditional marketers, we don't build complicated systems or funnels for the main objective of getting the sale or cheat by starting off with big piles of venture capital cash. Instead, we provide value, solve problems, build relationships, and most importantly, we empower others to do the same. We focus on contributing rather than converting. We're not in this game just to make money, but to make a difference. We build lifelong fans who we can serve over and over again. You're listening to Ecom Billionaires Podcast, and we are future billionaires. What's up, everyone? What's going on, future billionaires? Thank you for listening. You are listening to Econ Billionaires, and today, I think we're going to cover some stuff out of Expert Secrets. That's what I really want to talk about. Um, this book is freaking amazing. If you guys um, don't have this book yet, uh, what I'm actually going to do when I get some time uh, this week. I'm going to uh, put together a affiliate bridge funnel uh, for this, but that's not my priority. I, I just wanted to let you guys know that to let you guys know that it's on the way so that, um, yeah, if you guys want to get this book, you will be able to get a free copy. Um, just keep listening to the podcast. Um, yeah, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. What I really wanted to talk about is Epiphany Bridge Stories. And the last podcast was kind of short. I talked about um, the one thing, which is the big domino. And and if if you missed that podcast, the one thing is basically, it's the one thing that you need your prospect, your lead, or your customer to believe for all other objections to be thrown out the window. To give you some good examples of this, um, this is an example that Russell Brunson used in Expert Secrets. you actually can use logical statements to find uh, the one thing or the big domino. And okay, let me just give you the example. Like some logical statements. And what I mean by that is like, if, if blank, therefore blank. And and the example that Russell Brunson used for this in the book, um, as a lot of you may, may know, Russell Brunson is a Mormon. So he's a, like super religious i guess um i'm not really that religious but still the analogy works and everybody will understand it um he said uh you know if you're trying to basically can you know convert somebody to christianity if you're trying to get them to to believe um the one thing what's the one thing that if you get them to believe in this one thing then then they will you know um you know consequentially believe that Jesus Christ is the savior. If they believe in this one thing, they will, you know, all other objections will be knocked down and they will be forced to believe that Jesus Christ is the savior. And um, that one thing is the Bible. So if, here's the statement, the logical statement, if someone believes in the Bible, um, if someone believes in the Bible, 
<laughs> then therefore uh, if someone believes in the Bible, then they will believe that everything in the Bible is true. Therefore, they will believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior. Um, you see how that works? Uh, or, uh, for example, um, hey, what's going on? Um, so I'm walking down the street as I'm recording this. Uh, one example could be about funnels and um you know if this is this is what russell brunson used for funnels i'm sorry i'm kind of flustered thinking about this okay um <laughs> let's get let's get to it all right so the uh the person who can spend the most to acquire a customer wins that is the statement that if you believe that statement you will believe in funnels um, and it's because uh, the person who can spend the most to acquire a customer uh, wins in the business environment. And that's because if you can spend more, to, let's say a customer cost $5, like in the marketplace that you're in. Customer costs the same for me as it does for you if we're in the same market and we're competing. And if I have $20 to spend and you have $50 to spend, well, you're going to get more customers than me. You're going to get 10 customers. I'm going to get four. So because you have 10 and I got four from my ad, you were able to profit more, which means you were able to buy more customers, which means you're able to profit more, which means you're, you see what I'm saying? The person who can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. So once you believe that, and then you see how funnels work, you see that, okay, like funnels, when you get a funnel working and profitable, you put $1 in and you end up getting two uh, dollars out. Hold on one second. So whoever can acquire or whoever can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. And when you see how funnels work, you see that when you put $1 in, when you get a, a funnel working profitably, um, you put $1 in and you end up getting like three, $4 out or $5 out, depending on what you're selling and your upsells. So you put $1 in, you get a customer added to your list and you make profit. So because of this, you don't even have to spend anything to acquire a customer. When you get a funnel working profitably, you actually get paid per customer. So, and, and when you realize that and you and then you go back to the if uh, if then statement of, you know, whoever acquires the most or whoever can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. The if then statement is if I have funnels and whoever, if I'm using funnels in my business and whoever spends the most to acquire a customer wins, then I'm getting all my, or if I'm using funnels for my business, I'm getting all of my customers for free. Therefore, my business will win. So, um, <laughs> I hope that makes sense to you guys. Um, how do we, how do we get people, um, to buy our stuff though? How do we tell the appropriate stories to knock down that big domino? Cause that's what all of that, all those statements were about. That's about setting up the one big thing to get them to believe in so that it knocks down all other objections. Well, how do we knock down that one big thing? That is the huge, you know, that's the huge uh, false belief that's standing in the way, whatever the one big thing is um, for your market. 
And for funnels, it might be something as simple as um, funnels, or I don't really know how to uh, do technical stuff. It, it could be them believing that, like the customer thinking that, or the customer thinking that, oh, my website uh, is making sales for me. I don't really need a new kind of website. So. Uh, these are beliefs that people are going to think as you're presenting this idea to get funnels to them. So you have to tell stories that prove those beliefs wrong. And so the way that you do this is not by saying, hey, you're wrong and that belief, it's bullshit. You don't need to think that. It's, it's totally fucked up and it's the wrong way to think. The way that you do it is by letting them have that epiphany themselves. So this is through epiphany bridge stories. And, and what these basically are is You have to think back to the moment that you had your initial epiphany, where you realized that this is the thing that you need to be selling and and doing and using and implementing. And uh, so... We need to tell epiphany bridge stories to get people to have the same epiphany that we had. And we, we have to walk them through our initial epiphany. So instead of trying to walk you through an example of how to, uh, of, of the epiphany that I had when it comes to sales funnels, because for me to really give you that epiphany, I have to have a whiteboard. For me to really be able to show you this stuff, um, just talking on audio um, isn't going to do it. So I could give you, I mean, I could give you a watered down example, but it's not going to make as much sense as another example that I can use. Um, And uh, you know what? I'm going, yeah. um, How about this? Like when, when we all started our online businesses, like before we even, Before I started my online business, there was a period of time in my life where I was miserable. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I started my business out of necessity, not out of, um, well, that's at least what it felt like to me, because it was like, there's no job in the world that I've, that I can see that's available that I want. Like, and and it's not because of the task that I have to do while I have a job not that there's things that I might want to do you know like I really liked when I was an aircraft electrician for the Air Force I didn't like the part where I was in the Air Force though I mean like having to do all the other stuff I just like why can't I just work on the plane like this is what I like you know Um, and you know why that is it's because I like solving problems I like puzzles I like coming to work and having a new thing for me to fix every day. Crazy, right? Because that's exactly what being an entrepreneur is. Um, So that's why I really like being an aircraft electrician. That's the only job that I was like, this is cool. This part. (laughs) Um, Every other one, I was like, this is shit. I don't like this. And just to list off of a a few, it's uh, uh, Taco Bell, the Dollar Tree, Carl's Jr., of course, all those places stuck, but that was like in high school, you know. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, where else did I work? Worked in a little cafe called Froggies. 
they're like sold frozen yogurt. I'm getting really off topic, but I worked everywhere, right? And, you know, I worked at the VA hospital and uh, I still work there right now while I'm doing all this. And I'm doing all this so I'm not, I'm not hiding it. I'm doing all this so I can quit. I don't want to work anywhere except for myself. Now that I'm, now I have something that I can do all day long that I love to do that makes me money. And so it's like no brainer. That's what I want to do. <laughs> um, but I can't just posi- like switch to that because you don't make money in your own business like you make money as an employee. The money doesn't just come every two weeks. Think about it. Where did your, your paycheck has to come from somewhere when you're an employee? Somebody's paying you. And you think they're getting a paycheck like that every two weeks? What about their boss? What about their boss? All the way up to the top of the company. The person at the very top is getting the money that the company is getting every day. It's their money. And then they're paying you out of it every two weeks. I would much rather be the guy that solves different problems all day because that's what I like and gets the money every day like, and pays the other people. Um, and not just for monetary reasons. Um, I mean, it makes sense, especially when you like solving problems to be that guy. But, uh, but uh, what I'm getting at it is like the jobs that I did have when I got out of the Air Force were nothing like this. And so like, like right now, my job's almost minimum wage and I was basically going to work every single day, like Saturday and Sunday, working three week stretches, three weeks straight. Um, so two weekends in a row. So like five days, Monday through Friday, then, then the weekend, both days, eight hours. Um, and when I come in on the weekends doing overtime, I was like scrubbing and waxing floors. So it was like harder work than during the week. And, um, and then come back to work Monday through Friday, then work Saturday, Sunday, come back to work Monday through Friday, then have Saturday and Sunday off, two days off. And then I would come back and do it again. And I was doing all of that just so I could have an extra, I think it was like around $600 to $700 per month. I basically had no time. I got two weekends every month and a half. So in a month and a half period, I would have two weekends when everybody else has six. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was doing that just to pay the rent. And, and eat and, and, and be comfortable and I was like this has got to stop but I don't want a better paying job that I don't like because really if I get a better paying job I can't work overtime really not when you start at a job I don't want to do that anyway so that means I'll get a better paid job and my pay will be the same and then I'll have the weekend it's like but the problem isn't solved you know with another job I, I'm realizing that um I even looked into jobs doing what I already did before. And I'm like, no, you know what? I don't want to do that. I, like, if I own something, then I can do whatever thing that I want to do inside of it and then hire all the other people to do the other stuff around me. And uh, like, that sounds awesome, <laughs> you know? So I started my Shopify store because I saw people making money online. And... I don't know about you guys, but most of the time when people are putting out their numbers online, they're bragging about shit. And they're not talking about all the expenses and all the little things that they had to pay to make that possible. So all these Shopify store 
YouTube videos that are like made a hundred thousand dollars in a month or whatever. Like my, I got my, my Shopify store just hit six figures. What they don't talk about is that the common margins for Shopify, because you have to fulfill the product and send it each one and, and pick and pack it. If you're sending it to a distribution center, if you're not drop shipping it, you have even, you have more fees, even though the product might cost you less because you're buying in bulk, but you have other fees attached to it. The margins are like 20% if you're doing well. So like out of that $100,000 that you made, you really made 200,000 profit. I mean, my bad, out of that $100,000 you made, you really made 20K. And so you made 100,000 in a month. But I, and I realized that, like, cause I was working with smaller numbers. Like I was making like a couple hundred in a month. And so I was realizing, like, I'm making, like, $40 profit. Like, this is not making a difference. And it's going to take forever for me to be able to scale this without having money up front. And then I'm like, well, the only way I can get money is to work overtime. This sucks. And then I saw Russell Brunson's presentation about funnels. And about how you can put $1 in in ad spend, sell an information product that costs nothing for you to fulfill, and get at least $2 out. So you put $1 in and then you get $2 out. And then you take those $2 and you put it back in and then you get $4 out. And you can keep doing this and keep doing this and keep doing this. The, the less profits you take, the faster it will grow. And each person gets added to your email list so you can market to them later for free. It's everything that I was looking for. Do you see how, like, that? that's not even a, a proper Epiphany Bridge story. That was an Epiphany Bridge setup, and then just me delivering the punchline to you. Um, like, the proper way of me would be me setting it up like how I just set it up. And then, like, having that story continue to make three other points. Like, I would start talking about funnels, and I would talk about how I didn't believe in myself for whatever reason um, when, it, when it comes to funnels, and, and then, like, how that was proven wrong, and then how I didn't believe that they would work, and then how that was proven wrong. And uh, so, like, an interior belief, false belief, an exterior false belief, and then a, another false belief. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but, it, uh, but three different false beliefs. And when you hit all three of those and tell stories to disprove them, it knocks down that big domino. And then all the rest of them fall. Then you have a customer who is selling themselves. Tell, they're, they're, basically what happens is when you knock this down, people don't buy because you give them a list of benefits. People buy because they get emotionally excited about something and they convince themselves they need to buy. They buy out of emotion. They emotionally say, I need this. And then they get it. And then when their state subsides, when their high, highly ecstatic state that they're in, when they're all emotional, when that goes back down, that's when the logical side of their brain kicks in. And they start making up the logical justifications for their buying. For example, you go to a car dealership to get a new Toyota Camry, and the car salesman's really great at just selling stuff, right? And so like, they got this brand new Ferrari, and, and you're like, uh, 
you want to get like you want to get your Toyota Camry, but the dude's pitching you in this Ferrari, and, and he's like, how about you just sit inside and just see how it feels? And you get inside, you start driving the car, you get all emotional because you're like, oh, this is awesome. I've always, I've always wanted a Ferrari. You start thinking this stuff after you got in the car, and you weren't thinking that when you were just looking at it because you got emotional, and then you start using your logical mind to justify your purchase. And then you go home and you pull up to the house. You pull up to the house, you get out of the car, out of your new Ferrari, and your wife is like, or your husband is like, what are you doing with this? I thought you were supposed to get a Camry. And then you're like, oh yeah, but the guy at the dealership, you start giving out all the logical justifications because you're not in that excited state anymore. So you're logically thinking that you, that you should buy this Ferrari, right? So you're thinking um, about all this stuff that you logically thought of. You're like, well, I always wanted a Ferrari and you know, it gets great uh, gas mileage for a supercar. And um, you know, it's street legal, even though it, it drives like it's not. So um, like I could, I could go really slow and still look really cool. And uh, like, you'll look really cool inside of it too. Um, <laughs> you just start listing off your logical justifications and your spouse is sitting there looking at you like, take it back. Um, that's why you didn't get your spouse emotionally excited. You just tried to list off all of the qualities and the benefits and sell them. It's not how it works. You got to get them emotionally excited. Like one way that would work would be like, all right, all right, honey, before, before you get pissed, just come with me for a minute. Just come with me. And then you open the door to the driver's seat. You say, just, just get in. You let her get in let him get in, turn the ignition on, pop it in neutral, and say, just hit the gas. Just hit the gas. And you let them experience being in the car, and then get out of the car, and and ask, so, you want to take it back? Really? You'll be shocked at what happens. Let people emotionally experience what you're trying to sell by setting them up for the epiphany. And you do that by getting them in the exact same state that you were in before you had the epiphany. So you tell your backstory to your epiphany and you tell it in detail. You talk about how you're feeling um, through, throughout it. You know, notice how I was talking about how, how basically in despair I was about working and being an employee. Um, that's so you would feel what I've felt. And that way, when I get to the solution of my problem, you experience that as well. And uh, that leads to you having the epiphany, and then you sell yourself on the product. I hope that helps you guys out. That's all I got for today. More on Epiphany Bridge stories later, and the big domino, and of course, more expert secrets. Hope you guys are all having an awesome day. Peace. Thanks for listening to my future billionaires. Super stoked to have you listening to the podcast. I hope you got massive value out of this episode. Uh, one thing that I can do, if you guys got some value out of this and you think that it's going to help um, any of your friends or family or other people that are trying to accomplish these same goals with their business, uh, share the podcast. Take a screenshot of what you're listening to right now and uh, post it on your preferred social media. Um, if you post it on your preferred social media, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, tag me in it. And make sure to hashtag Ecom Billionaires. And I'll show it some love. Can't wait to see you in the next episode.